We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to Hello? some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk to some Hello? people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some Hello? people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. Cause it's the Nose Blank. Hi guys, it's the Kristen Nose Blank Podcast, where I sit down with a friend of comedy and we chit-chat, play five quick questions, do a mad lib, and then everybody goes home better people. My guest today is wonderful. It's Bob Rivers. He's been in the radio game for a long time. You might remember him from the Bob and Zip show in Massachusetts, 98 Rock in Baltimore. He did Twisted Radio, the Bob Rivers show in Seattle, and he was the man responsible for Twisted Tunes, which actually inspired me to become a musical comedian. But before we get to Bob, hi guys, I'm Kristen Key. I'm the host of this craziness. So um, check out my website, kristenkey.com. And from there, you can follow me on all my social media, uh, watch all of my videos like a hundred thousand times a piece. And, um, and yeah, let's, let's, let's be friends online. Um, also, if you want to support this show or all of my shows, join my Patreon. It's so much fun. There are exclusive bonus posts. We have a monthly game night. It's totally fun. Also, I have another show. It's called Friday Live at Five. You can find that on my YouTube page or my Facebook. And I go live. I stream. We play games. There's music. It's really fun. So uh, check out the Friday Live at Five show. Now, my guest today, I met on his radio show when he had the Bob River show in Seattle and then found out that I had been a fan of his since I was a kid listening to his Twisted Christmas albums on the Dr. Demento show. So... Computer lady, play my interview with Bob Rivers. Playing interview with Bob Rivers. Bob, thank you for joining the show today. I'm so glad to have you. I'm so excited. It is my pleasure. It is my honor. And it is uh, really, as a senior citizen, a good thing to do <laughs> as opposed to playing cards. Really, this board. is my people now. These are the, you are my demographic. This is this is uh this is who I gravitate towards. There is so much I want to ask you. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna dive right in. I knew you first as uh, the host of the Bob River Show, uh, a wildly popular Seattle radio show, and I'd been on your show a couple times, uh, several times over the years. I used to drink a lot, so I don't remember most of my appearances. Um, but it took a while after that to find out that I'd been a fan of yours since I was a kid. I did not know that you were the man behind Twisted Tunes. Yes, and it's so funny, most people don't know that, uh, that like, like, oh, you're the guy who did those Christmas songs? And yeah, and, and I, uh, so I got very, I, I can really eat anonymously in any restaurant in America. <laughs> I want to change that. I, I want to out you everywhere I'm going. I'm like, did you know this guy? And people are like, oh, I know that music. I just, I, for some reason, I guess I'm a kid or whatever. You don't think there is a guy. You're just like, there's got to be like a whole company. <laughs> you know? That makes, oh, yeah, yeah. You mean that makes those parodies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, in a way it was because, so, see, I'm a very insecure performer. Uh, and so, so performer. and I, ha yeah. I have terrible anxiety. Like, I have crippling empathy. So I like, in order to work, I have to work with somebody in a group. Like, what'd you do? Get on stage by yourself? I think I, I, I would freak out. Um, I would be like a mouse. I would have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and and so anyway, with the Twisted Tunes, it was, it was like being part of this huge, the opposite of a church group because we were desecrating religious songs, but. I know, <laughs> but it was uh, like I would gather. I, I had people from the Seattle Symphony Orchestra play on the, the real strings on some of the songs, uh, like All You Need Is Elves. I had um, 
real semi-famous people play as long as I promised never to out them. And, um, and, and we had a church group that this was their guilty pleasure, that they were butchering Christmas songs. Did they do the restroom door said gentlemen? Yeah. Oh, I always, I'm like, I, this is the things you wonder. You're like, okay. Cause then after I, I knew you're the man behind it, any of the radio show, I'm like, that makes sense. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, it doesn't. Because just because you have a radio show doesn't mean that you have access to a choir. I'm like, how, how do you talk people into this? Do you hire people? So, so yeah. How did you find a church choir that wanted to? So a little bit like what I think is the magic of you, Kristen, because I just saw your show in Vegas and I was just enthralled. You, uh, you bring the fun into a room and it's impossible to be in the room with you without being fun. So what I was, was literally the master of ceremonies, the maestro. I would say to this group of people, hey, well, and in the case of a, a specific church group, who shall be unnamed, um, I would say, what would you think about singing, you know, the restroom door said gentlemen, and oh, that's cute, oh, titters, that's funny. And, um, and then we would get together and oftentimes these songs would take on new lyrics people would laugh and shout out an idea and i would go we got to use that so we'd recut that part like the song the 12 pains of christmas have you ever heard that one yeah many times many times most of it made up in the studio oh. had a rough i had like six or seven pains of christmas and i said let's just wing it and so everybody like it's a collaboration it's it's like an improv i would uh, fangirl everybody from Ringing up the light. My favorite is hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> like, hangovers. That's, why is um, he Paul Lind? It's that, wonderful. <laughs> that's funny. That's Dennis. And he was trying to do a, he was doing Paul Lind and a little bit of Carol O'Connor. A little oh, bit of Archie. Yeah. Oh, yes. I definitely got the Paul Lind. It yeah. says crunchy. And the other hangovers. guy was Robert Ellis Oral, who had one hit in the 70s. I think you could look him up. He had, he had a big top 40 hit. And um, and he was the guy. He was the last guy. And he he came up with all rigging up the lights. <laughs> when light goes out, they all they go all, out. Yeah. You think you're so smart? You yeah. ring up the lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, a little story about my kids. Both my kids are on there. They are now forty years old and thirty-eight years old. Are they, Daddy? I want some candy. Well, they. Or, uh, they're interchangeable so uh okay. so each time there's a kid once you get to the kids daddy i want some candy i want a transformer for christmas and then at the end when we did the whole big build up we didn't want to just do another joke so this they're just is sobbing right well this is child abuse but i and this is so funny because it's andrew <laughs> i wanted to get andrew to cry <laughs> <laughs> and what I did was I held a piece of candy, like a Snickers bar, just out of his reach and told him to roll tape. And he was reaching for the candy. And he was maybe about two at this time. And and, and he was reaching for the candy and he couldn't reach the candy. And, he went, and I went, all right, we got to cry. Let's just stick that in there. <laughs> the crying kid. Oh my God, it's the best thing Andrew has ever done. And he's done some amazing things. That's the credit now that I'm like, oh, that's a guy, he's the kid. You're, the, you're crying at the 12 things, yeah. But it was fun because uh, secretly as a kid, I dreamed of being a rock star. Like really almost everybody at that age, you know, the yeah. Beatles were big. You, you, being a rock star was like being a tech star is today. The rock stars were, it and way more attractive i think to be a rock yeah. star than to be <laughs> yeah. an elon musk 
I know that's the first one that came to my mind too. Uh, uh, hang on, let me just. Uh, okay, I got rid of it. So, um, yeah. So it, it was. I couldn't make. I, like I tried. I was in a couple of bands, and I just didn't have the talent, or it's not even the talent. The the uh, perseverance to spend ten thousand hours repeating something and learning and then making all these neural pathways. Great musicians work, well, great anybody, you know, the whole 10,000 hours thing. They work incredibly hard. So I wanted to make music, but I really realized I'm a producer and I'm a little bit of a comic. So I I should just get other people to do all of it. Well done though, well done. And I have a, a specific song I'm curious about. Did you write it or did you have the idea for it or who did? It's a song called, There's Something Stuck Up in the Chimney. Who who was the genius behind this one? Because I for I remember listening to it as a child and going through the entire journey of the song and not understanding it until the end. So what a what a great build. But um, yeah, tell me um, the story behind this song. That song is uh, one of several original songs on the album, and I worked with two partners making the album: a guy named Brian Silva and Dennis Amiro, who are both amazing musicians. In fact, Dennis Amiro still tours as one of the lead singers of the band Orleans. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can see him in concert and on a cruise ship. And then it's a brilliant musician. And they both had these six sense of humor. And um, uh, Dennis wrote, um, getting, I'm dressing up like Santa Claus this Christmas as soon as I get out on parole. That's yeah. one of the songs. And Brian came up with, there's something stuck up in the chimney and I don't know what it is. The girl who sang it, is the daughter of one of the great singers. And I was in Worcester, Massachusetts at this time, which doesn't sound like London, England or Seattle or Los Angeles, (laughs) you know. But there happened to be some incredible musicians as part of the community. This one guy, uh, Cliff Goodwin, played for Joe Cocker, toured the world, and he was on Solid Gold Saturday night, every every Saturday on TV. And he would wear my radio station's T-shirt. And... um, Anyway, he worked with this gal, Lorna, uh, uh, what's her name? Joanne List. Her daughter was nine and Lorna was learning how to sing. And so we brought little Lorna in there at nine years old. There's something stuck up in the chimney and I don't know what it is. And it was just beautiful. Um, She's probably a grandmother by now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, no, probably, yeah. Yeah. Because I think we were similar in age the first time I heard that song. I think that's why I was really drawn to it. I was like, this is adorable. And then as the song goes on, it really reveals itself as, you know, Santa died in the chimney. (laughs) But my brother says he's He's already here. Genius. It's absolutely genius. So along the way, you developed quite a quite a love of live performances and live performers. I want to know is who's on your bucket list that you haven't checked as being like, what's the the live performance or show that you would like to see? This is going to be an odd answer, which I know you'll like because you don't like easy answers. Um, To share. Yeah. (laughs) Believe it or not, Taylor Swift. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not unexpected. Um, no, I heard she's amazing though live. Wow. Well, but I like seeing younger acts that are at the top of their game now, so I can just experience the feeling of what that must be like and how much work goes into it. Oh yeah, some of these me- like these shows are huge. But on the other hand, because um, we saw I saw Paul Simon a few years ago, 
um, I saw Holland Oats, all of the bowl. And I was like, there is a definite difference seeing somebody, I don't want to say the golden years of their life, but yeah. it's a different show. Yeah. I saw Sting last week. I mean, we go to a concert every week. I saw Sting last week and, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, he did great. The band was awesome, but he looks a little like Popeye now. Yeah. And, and that's okay. I mean, I mean, I don't look like me from 40 years ago either. And so, uh, and, and he sang, you look like uh, Andrew with an age filter on. <laughs> But it's uh, so at a certain age, it's reverence for the artist. It's the nostalgia. It's also gratitude that in many cases, these classic rock artists are fabulously wealthy. They do not need to be on the road. Yeah. And, and they're doing a couple of things. They're taking the art, their portfolio of human contact and connection and they're sharing it with these broad audiences to keep it alive and, and keep it going and i think that's why they do i think that's the main re that and they're just performers their whole life it's fun to perform did you yeah. uh I'm, I'm sure you've seen fleetwood mac a few times yes did you see him in the last in like the last decade i missed the very last incarnation where they kicked the angry guitar player out Okay, I missed that one too. I, got, I was there, yeah. the Christy McVie was there, the whole band yes. was back together and it was like- We saw that, yes. It's one of the best concerts I've ever, that, Alanis, Alanis was the best concert I've ever seen in my entire life. Alanis oh, she was Jackie awesome, Little yes. Bill. I, yes. I mean, I'll, I'll, I could have died that day and been happy. But the second was Fleetwood Mac is just as good as they yeah. ever, ever were. Yeah, and amazing. And um, to do that, there's a couple ways to do that. One is to have um, hard drives in the back and run tape recordings of everything. <laughs> and the and the other is to be so can I use foul language? Sure, yeah. All right. To be so chicken good that <laughs> goose good. Sorry. To be so effing good. I can see my mother, she trained me. Anyway, so Oh, you're recovering to, Catholic. Okay. I am, yeah, so we're gonna get to that. So uh, to be so good that you don't need a net live that you uh, you know you need good production elton john was fabulous uh but you can pull it off live with the same gravitas that's on the record very rare very hard to do that's lindsey buckingham though that was what oh. was as a guitar yeah. player it made me want to put down the guitar for a few weeks because watching him play songs that i thought had to be two to three guitars and seeing that it's one man on one guitar and you yeah, know yeah. this changed everything i think i know about guitar playing and what i a know dick. you what I a know, dick but what a great no, guitar he was player. the worst <laughs> by all accounts <laughs> Yeah, just a dirt bag, and, but so And talented. by the way, you must run into that in comedy too. Some brilliant people that are not pleasant and maybe some really, you know, some brilliant people that are pleasant and there is no rhyme or reason to it, right? It's just it's frustrating. You don't know yeah. why. I Yeah, there's just no, why does somebody get plucked and become, you know, superstar famous and it's just a dirt bag. And then someone that, I know this guy and I'm not going to mention his, well, maybe I will. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Too many people know about Dustin Yabara. He's a friend of mine out here, and I think he should be. I think he should be a household name. He's so I think fun. I just saw him. Doesn't he look like Jack Black? Yes, he does. Yes, he I just does. saw him. I saw and, him on your clip, but I also just saw him at Comedy Cellar the other night. Oh yeah, yeah. He plays. He's he's yeah. out here. He's he's hustling. He's putting in the work, and so he's like. I feel like he's he's 
if he doesn't explode, then it's like one of those things like I don't understand. But also, I may just not understand because there's some really, really funny, talented people um, that uh, I, I did a podcast years ago with this guy that had been on the Johnny Carson show. And he goes like seven times. He goes, you know, the myth was if Johnny invites you over to the couch, you made it. He goes, I've been yeah. on that couch seven times. <laughs> never got a sitcom. And I'm like, yeah. I'd never heard of the guy. I'd never seen. Him. I'm like, OK, so <laughs> am I going to be that guy or I'm going to be, you know. Can Ellen. I tell you a can yeah. I tell you a Johnny Carson story? Yes, I love Johnny Carson. Right. I mean, it's like talking about Moses in comedy, yeah. right? To talk about Johnny Carson. Jesus. When I um, first was doing radio, I was basically a disc jockey who talked. I wanted to sound like a disc jockey. Thirteen waves with the request lines open right now. Seven eight nine thirteen thirteen. Give us a call. That was the kind of disc jockey I was. And there were these performers who did improv conversation and did mornings. And I thought, well, oh, I can't do that. I'm scared to death. And as I foreshadowed to you, I eventually discovered that I'm okay with the group and that I'm actually a pretty good conductor. So my very first job doing mornings was caused by someone else quitting and they needed a replacement, temporary, interim host. And they put me in there because I had a good voice and I Great probably voice. wouldn't fuck it up too bad. Oh, I finally got the foul Yay! language. Anyway, I know you Jesus you're, wins. You're, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, and it was WAAF in Worcester, which is a move-in station to Boston. And I was on the air and I was just frightened uh, to be uh, doing it all by myself. So I started uh, doing just bits and song parodies and just trying to surround myself with as many people as possible. But the main thing that I did the first few weeks on the air was like, I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. I have to be on with these people and I have to talk to them. They have to talk back to me and I have to keep it interesting and somehow be feeling the whole room. And so I went to a stereo shop called Lizer Sound with my wife up on the big hill and I bought maybe one of the biggest technology investments I've ever made in my life. I bought a VCR. Mm -hmm. And I bought this in 1981 dollars. So it was $897. Wow. What's that about 50 grand today? It's a Yeah, that's a very expensive piece of equipment. And why did I buy that VCR? So I could tape record The Tonight Show. And every day when I got home from work, I watched Johnny interview guests. And I just did that. And then when I was on the air, I tried to be like Johnny. Wow. Well, I mean, talk about studying from the master, though. He really was. He was the most charming, yes. disarming host that I think has ever been. And self-effacing, which for me Absolutely. is very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> because I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mm. wonderful. So, Mike, let me ask you a question. So you, you, I'm, I'm sure travel to see a lot of these live shows. How, how, how did you have a fear of flying? And then how did you overcome it? I, I was a very fearful kid. Uh, when I was like four, my parents had a scary lamp. Okay. And the lamp <laughs> looked like a monster. It was one of those lamps that has a thing like this. And it was black. It just looked like an evil robot monster from a movie. And you know how when you're a kid, there's a monster under the bed? Sure. Who, who told me that first? Who do I blame for, 
even thinking that thought. Uh, but so I used to check under the bed every night. I used to suspect that that lamp was coming up the stairs to eat me. Okay. That was basically, I'm a pretty troubled <laughs> kid. Fair. And I think that transferred to flying. So I, every time I had to get on an airplane, was certain as I walked down the gangway that that was, this thing can't possibly stay in. I had no logic to it. No, but I mean, that's what fear, fear, there's no logic in fear. It's yes. just, it, it makes sense. Did you, um, I don't know, like, so were you a more hesitant flyer? Did you take less flights or was it just a panic induced every time you got on one? Someone had to die. Oh, oh, okay. Only flew for I had to be at their funeral. Okay. Or it had, it had to, be, to... It die far enough away yeah. where you couldn't drive. And because I'm in radio and you get fired and you move from town to town, <laughs> I had to be get fired and have to go to a new job that I had to fly to. I would never, uh, and then my wife, you know, would guilt me and I would guilt myself into taking her on vacation, which was always be like be clutching it. And so, yeah, I was total uh, fear of flying and didn't fly unless I had to. And then a weird thing happened. I was, um, you know, getting a little more successful with the show. So there were more things, there were conventions, there were things to go to and um, my agent, I, I now had an agent, was planning to negotiate my next contract with CBS. And so he said, uh, let's go up to the San Juans and uh, we'll go out whale watching. I did have a little bit of a boat by then. And we'll go out whale watching and then we'll come back. And I'm like, that's a lot to do in one day. But we, we said, okay, let's do it. The end of that day, we're headed for the ferry boat to go back to Seattle. And I hear this, Hunk. we missed the ferry. Oh, no. And Paul Anderson, my agent, who will love this plug, looks at me and he goes, well, no problem. I'll just book us a charter flight to get us to Anacortes. And he lifts up his phone. Baller and he move right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, total baller move. It's yeah, okay. I'll just, give us a, just grab us a cloak. We just throw a plane just for us. Just for us. Yes. Just for us. And, and I look at him and I go, uh, Paul, uh, I, I don't, I don't fly in little planes. And he looked at me like, <laughs> that's even, kind of even right? more baller than I'm going to get us. I'm going to get us a private jet. I don't fly in private jets. Like, who <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, it was a Cessna 172. So it's, it's kind of like the feeling inside is like getting into a Volkswagen. Sure. That's a combination of Volkswagen and chitty, chitty, bang, bang. So. I remember thinking, oh, I hope he can't get a flight. I hope he can't get a flight. Because if he didn't, we'd be on the 10 o'clock ferry and I'd get home at 1.30 in the morning for a 4.15 alarm clock. But I'd rather have that. Right. And so, of course, he gets a pilot on the phone. They're sending a plane. And I go, but Paul, I really don't want to get on a little. And he looks at me, my gay agent, by the way. And he looks at me and he says, you're such a pussy. <laughs> And I felt like Michael J. Fox in the Back to the Future movie. Chicken. He called you chicken. He called me a chicken. Oh. Yes. Oh. Your masculinity was 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 put on the line by Gay Paul. What little what little there was, but yes. And so, um, long story short, that little plane came. I strapped myself into the back, and it was a gorgeous evening. The sun was starting to set. 
there was not even a wisp of wind. It was the most beautiful view of the San Juans. And it was a six minute flight. <laughs> All this built from, up. From Friday Harbor to Anacortes. <laughs> and we flew over the ferry boat that we missed. Wow. And looked down on it and went, eh, you guys stuck behind. <laughs> and at that point, I said to myself, I have to get over my fear of flying. So was that it? Was it just like, I've got to get over my fear of flying? Gone? Or no, not that quick. Um, what I ended up doing is I started stalking promotions for um, flight instruction test flights. And I went to Cessna.com and they had a, a they had a thing, beapilot.com. And for 50 bucks, you could go up in a plane with an instructor. Wow. And I booked that. And I realized when I'm with this instructor that he, they have you take the controls. Okay. These are the ailerons. Here's the rudder. Here's what it does. And for takeoff and landing, their hands are on the dual controls, you know, the yoke. But when you're up in the plane, you're flying it. And after that, I took lessons. And I got my private pilot's license my float plane license, my instrument license. You had a float plane license? I did. You can That's land on water? You can land, you can almost walk on water, but you can land oh on my it. God. No, I watch that every time it's, I go to Seattle for, yeah. for work, I watch the takeoff and I just, I'll sit on the ship and watch people take off and land on those. I'm like, I, yeah. just, I don't understand it, but that's amazing. It is wonderful and it's easy. Uh, in fact, the whole flying thing. So the thing about flying, like driving a car, eventually it feels like an extension of your body, the plane. Yeah. And I realized I thought I was afraid of flying. I wasn't. I was afraid of crashing. <laughs> right? <laughs> <The> difference. <laughs> yes. And I'm still afraid of crashing. But if you are trained and you understand it and you understand how airflow works and you understand how the plane lifts, you can, you know, take control of it. And so I did. I flew for about 11 years uh, and then, uh, you know, it's an expensive hobby. What a great, you know, it's a good, good reminder of that. That's really any fear is the same thing. It's something that's been yeah. wired into my brain that maybe isn't true. It's like a, something that I just, I'm, I'm holding on to like your, like your scary lamp, you know, that probably scary would lamp. never, ever eat you. you know? I can still, I can still visualize that lamp. Seriously. I was scared of my closet when I was a kid. I can still like, it was, there's nothing, it was never anything in it, but like still sometimes in a hotel room, if there's a closet, I have to go check. Well, and it's like in my mind, it's like, is it going to be a dead body? I'm like, why would somebody put a dead body in my closet? Why? Right. But it's still because my little kid, I was always afraid of dead bodies being places they're not supposed to. Ah. And you know what? Did There's you, never did one... you see a chalk yeah. outline of somebody somewhere that. No, I think it's because my dad's a minister. So I went to a lot of funerals as a kid. Oh, and so okay. I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> dead bodies are everywhere. Um... Part of the gig, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for five quick questions. These are five really obscure questions. They're just okay. kind of to get to know you. They're icebreakers, if you will, but you'd never be asked these at a job. You're offered tickets to see Taylor Swift. Okay. Yes. Okay. With VIP backstage access, mm -hmm. but she's performing at a nudist resort and you have to emcee the show. Do you do it? Uh, in, in a heartbeat, no matter how much it hurts everyone to watch. Um, I actually did this uh, in my first radio gig in Seattle. We had a concert called Nude Stock. Okay. And the, at a place called Fraternity Snoqualmie, and it was an, a rock festival with 2,000 naked people and all wow. the performers and everybody. And 
I believe in that stripping down of, uh, I'll tell you one weird thing about that day. One weird thing. I've never <laughs> asked a question and had someone who has lived as you like, like, like lived life just been like, Oh yeah, I've already yeah, done that question. Done that. Like, <laughs> I thought it was an obscure one. Now that's a Thursday in Bob Rivers life. Well, in the early, remember we needed ratings. And so, um, and, and, and so we ha held this event and I was like, I can't, I will have no idea what this is going to be like. And when you get there and everybody's taking off their clothes and there's a couple thousand people, it was like Woodstock only we're going to all get naked yeah. and, and everybody's taking off their clothes. And I'm thinking like, oh, wow, I feel like, I feel creepy even seeing this. I just got to sort of like, I wasn't staring. I was sort of looking away, like nonchalant. Okay. Yeah. And then for the whole day for about six hours, it's a naked outdoor rock festival bands performing. We even played nude twister. Sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am seed. So uh, at the end of the day, oh, and we have a helicopter that flew overhead and took a picture. I'll text you the picture so I have proof. We made a giant peace sign of naked bodies. In ah. At the end of the day, when it was time to go home, people started putting on clothes. And that's when I once again felt that it was nudity because when you see someone completely naked after a couple hours, it's just, it's our natural form. It's who right, we are. Right. But when they put on a bra and panties. Oh, that's, that's obscene. <laughs> that's obscene. That's yeah. tawdry. That's panties. Tawdry. And so oh. I was like, oh, I got to look away again because yeah. they're getting dressed. And that uh, always stuck with me. Question number two, uh, there's a time machine. Uh, it runs on tokens. You're given one token. You can either go back for one week, change nothing. Just walk around, relive some stuff. Or you go back for one day and you change something. What do you do? Ooh. Now that's a harder one. I've asked a few people this, and I that's why everybody everybody answers a little bit different. And I, I get to I get to like collect all these answers and kind of Okay. Yeah. Here's what's hard about it. I don't believe in regrets. Yeah. No matter what awful happens, I believe and it's not it's it's not like religious religious, but it's sort of spirit of the universe kind of thinking that it's supposed to happen and it happens for a reason and there's a lesson in it and there's something to learn from everything even if you'd want to change it so part of me doesn't want to go back and change however i know what the lottery numbers are and i live in vegas <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer so there's a payday <laughs> all right see i respect that answer a lot more do you know how many people have been like well i have to try to go kill hitler i'm like no you don't i every time i've said i would just go back and not change anything but relive having sex with that one girl from high school because <laughs> yes. i was i was 16 and everybody you know whatever so i like i don't know if that's a selfish answer but i that's an honest answer you it's, would, but it's also a let it be kind of an answer yeah. i like that it's a it's a surrender a serenity kind of answer which yeah are, they're good yeah. nice all right question number three question number three uh oh this one's written specifically for you you wake up in an empty plane there's no pilot okay you can either have air traffic control talk you through landing a commercial okay. airplane or you can read the instructions on the parachute and jump without any verbal instructions so it's it's either you read the instructions on the parachute and jump or you take the verbal instructions and land the plane Okay, remember, I'm a team player. I'm not a solo act. <laughs> I'm going with air traffic going, control. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think I would go with that one too, so at least yeah. I'd have a phone a friend. 
Because I would fuck it up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. I don't want to IKEA with, dresser this parachute. <laughs> I'm, I, like when I get a piece of furniture, uh, the first few things I do is strip some of the screw screws and mess up the holes. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would probably read them. I'd be panicking, which is how yeah. I back through my garage door a couple times. I'd be panicking, and I'm sure I would like read them, get out, and then be like, like. I don't know, the, the instructions fly past me and there was something I left on the plane. Yep. Like, ah, oh, son of a, yeah. All right, yeah. question number four. Question This is where they get weird. Uh, question number four, you've been kidnapped. Uh, you've been entered into a hot dog eating contest with a gun to your head. How many hot dogs could you eat? You know that I've had gastric bypass type surgery, right? Oh, no. Uh, I would certainly try to eat, uh, but I would lose badly in the hot okay. dog eating contest. So he would probably have to shoot me, right? Okay, yeah, so yeah. you may not make it past the hot dog yeah. eating contest. Don't worry. Give me, give me the plane and air traffic control. You survived that. There's like yeah. three life or death questions in a row. So you survived the plane. Question five, though, it's it's another kidnapping. You've been kidnapped again. Uh, this time you've been entered into a karaoke contest. To save oh. your life, what song do you sing? So I'm a terrible singer, except for baritone. Okay. I mean, if there's, I can, if all I have to sing is the low part, I can go, Elvira. <laughs> You're gonna My live. heart's on fire for Elvira, something like that. Yeah. And then the, huh? the good, the giddy up, giddy up, um, bop, bop, mow. Yes, it's been a while. Right. That's funny. I've never. It's definitely a first. No one has ever yeah. tried to to win their life back at a karaoke contest with Elvira. Wonderful. That's. Thank you for playing five quick questions with me. Now it is my favorite part of every episode. Mm. I'm gonna have you sit down and play a rad lib with me. And now it's time for rad libs. So here's what happened. I've written a story. I've left out some parts of speech. If you give me the parts of speech together, we're gonna make a really funny story. Are you ready to okay. play? I know. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> no, but we're doing it anyway. A greeting. I just need a greeting. Salutations. Yep. I need an adjective. Slippery. Uh, a country. Panama. Uh, an article of clothing. Scarf. Yes. Plural noun. More than one of any things. Rattlesnakes. Okay. Uh, a verb. I'll go with munch. M yes. Adverb. Sheepishly. Yes. Uh, a substance. Gummy. <laughs> like a marijuana gummy or otherwise? Your your imagination. Uh, okay. Yes, could be, could be, okay. definitely. Okay, could be weed gummy. Okay. It depends. If my granddaughters are here, it's the it's the. You know, we'll just say gummies. Innocuous okay. kind. Yes. Uh, adjective. Excitable. Yep. Uh, something you do when traveling. Sleep. <laughs> yep. An adjective. Uh, bogus. <laughs> Body part. <laughs> You're thinking ahead. Uh, I, I'm reading ahead. I, I got to stop laughing because I can see what the story is. I'll just try okay. to do it like a therapist, um, like a Rorschach. Uh, body part? Ooh, I know you like dirty words, so I'll go taint. Taint, yes. <laughs> oh, okay, excellent. I've been to your show. Taint, nothing wrong with it. Uh, yes. A verb ending in ing. Oh, uh, like fucking. That, <laughs> I got okay. It. No, Plenty I'm not going to do. You can do that one. If you, you already want. said My it. My mother did. is in heaven looking. It was down an accident. It got it. it. I accident. accidentally wrote it down. So many no, accidents. This okay. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, a noun. Dust bunny. This is a, a punishment. Whip. Oh, actually, with my dad. Strapping. Whichever one you like. Oh. Um. With my audience, strapping might mean something differently, so I'm going to go with whip. <laughs> go with whipping, yes. <laughs> it really changes the visual. Uh, a food. Cheetos. A liquid? Maple syrup. Yes. A verb? Hustle. 
By the way, noun. I get faster as we do this because I start to remember fourth grade English. Yeah, I try to I try to ask fast so people don't overthink it as much. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A yeah, noun, no. um, bottle. And a plural noun. Freckles. We have a story, my friend. Okay. <laughs> we have a fantastic story. Very excited about this. Because of your uh, fear of flying that led to a love of flying, it's just called Up, Up, and Away. Ah. Salutations, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for flying the slippery Panamanian Airlines. We ask that you please take a moment to buckle your scarf. Please secure all of your personal rattlesnakes, either in the overhead compartment or under your seat. Snakes on a plane. Oh my god! <laughs> I bet Samuel Jackson's on there. In the event of loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks will munch from the apartment above your head. Sheepishly pull on the tubing to activate the flow of gummies. <sighs> That'll take care of your nervousness. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. If you're traveling with excitable children, be sure to sleep before assisting them with their masks. In the event of a water landing, a bogus vest is located under your seat. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. If instructed, <laughs> place the vest over your taint and start fucking. <laughs> and blow the whistle that doesn't actually work. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, to manual inflate. Blow on the red dust bunny. <laughs> you got that. As a reminder, smoking is not permitted while on board. Tampering with smoke detest detectors is punishable by a whipping. Hmm. They've gotten more strict. The cabin crew will be coming by to offer you Cheetos and maple syrup. Until then, sit back, hustle, and enjoy the rest of the flight. Thank you for flying the slippery Panamanian Airlines, where our motto is two wings, one bottle, endless freckles. <laughs> Beautiful. You nailed it. You did it. Given my fear of flying, that's a, that's a wonderful conclusion. Thank you so much. Oh, boy, I just, I don't want to be on that plane when they start pointing out life vests. <laughs> Cheetos drenched in maple syrup will solve any problem. Flight attendants trying to help you find where your taint is. Well, Bob, usually I have a comedian uh, plug themselves right now. Is there anything that you want to plug or anything that you want to say to our listeners before I I, I will say this. Um, go check on demand our Bob Rivers Show podcast uh, and because Kristen Key will be a guest shortly on the podcast. And I hate we have, her. I'm not going to listen. She's the worst. <laughs> what a B word. And uh, and and that's fine. And other than that, um, no, I don't. I I, I just wanted to say to uh, this is super important. Get out there and support live talent wherever they are. People like Kristen who get up on stage every day and pour out their heart and soul to make your day happier are some of the best people doing the most important work on the planet. And certainly. Bob. Yes. We are. We're better than nurses. We're better than presidents. No, thank you well, so much. Okay, you're better than cable news. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'm pretty hard on myself, but I'll even I'll give myself that one. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you for for that because I, live entertainers. It is a. It's for some reason there's. We do this because there's nothing else that we could do this passionately, and so that's why we do it um, at the detriment of our everything. But thank you, thank you for saying that for encouraging people to go out. Thank you so much for having me on, Kristen. I'm so glad that you did this. Thank you. Thank you for coming by. Interview complete. Saying goodbye to Bob by stuffing him up a chimney and writing a song about it. Oh, computer lady, you're so nasty. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, The Bob River Show is a podcast that you can listen to right now. So go and subscribe to The Bob River Podcast. Listen, and I am a guest on an upcoming episode. So check that out. So thanks again, Bob. Guys, thank you for listening or watching. Please take a second to leave a comment, like, follow, subscribe to the podcast. Find me. Uh, my website is kristinkey.com. You can find all my tour dates. I'm about to go back on the road. I'll be on some ships. I'll be in some cities. Check my website to see when I'm coming to you. Also, look on the website to see when the next Friday Live at 5 is. And 
watch that show. It's really fun. It's a live streaming show. I play music. We have games. It's, it's silly and uh, it's very juvenile. Uh, and I love it. Um, also, get a cameo for me. I want a cameo. And last, uh, please, if, if you want to support this show or all my shows, join the Patreon. So much fun. We have a monthly game night and bonus content. It is just such a welcoming community of weirdos. And, and it's great. Next time, I'll be bringing you another wonderful comedy guest. We're going to chit chat, play five quick questions, do a mad lib, and then everybody will go home happy. Until next time. We're gonna talk to some people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to Hello. some people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. We're gonna talk to some Hello. people, gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna talk to some Hello. people, gonna learn a lot of stuff. Cause Whisper knows plan.